Hey, uh, does Brad have a radio voice or what? He's got a radio, radio voice and a haircut for TV, so he's rocking it today. Hey, everybody. How, how we doing? Happy Labor Day. <laughs> Labor Day gets no credibility, Tom. This is, uh, this is like, uh, let's do quick introductions, Tom. Uh, my name is Dan Jacobson. Hey to you guys. I'm uh, one of the leaders, uh, leadership teaching pastors here on staff. Tom Bronner needs no introduction, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Great. Legendary, six foot five, 205, runs a three, uh, a 50 yard dash in 3.4 seconds. And uh, legend has it that he actually knows Patrick Mahomes. So give it up for Tom Bronner, everybody. Was any of that true? A few of those things were wrong. <laughs> we want to say hey to you who are watching uh, online as well. Uh, we know on a day like today with uh, so many people being around and taking advantage of the long weekend, Tom, uh, you actually had a trip planned uh, and have planned, and you're hitting the airport later today. Still going. Still going. Yeah. And I just want to say thanks to Tom. When we dreamt up this series about Ancient Pass a couple weeks ago, months ago even, we thought about Labor Day and intentionally took steps to strip down some of the service and change some of the things, and we thought Labor Day would be, day, be a day when the preachers could sit down. <clears throat> it's just like, it seems appropriate. Uh, we, we couldn't think about the topic and the path that we have ahead of us without thinking about you, particularly uh, the, the way that God has allowed you to walk this path out in your life, giving you some unique insights. And one of the things that I think we as Christians have to think about is that wisdom is found in multiple places. And if you're younger in life, one of the best things you can do is find someone with a little bit of gray hair and ask them some questions. Right? Anyone with gray hair think that's a good idea? <laughs> so, Tom, not to play too much on the fact that, you know, there's a little bit of an age discrepancy here. Uh, that's to our advantage today. And it's a, it's a rich thing. And, and so today's Labor Day, we're, we're going to be talking about a path to God, a pathway that we can walk. That's what we've been talking about these, this past couple of weeks. But this is, a, this is a path that both of us kind of are like, there's so much richness here. Yeah. Tom was literally bouncing on the stage during our sound check, just excited to talk about this. Why don't you tell, <laughs> tell everybody what the path is because they're all going to scratch their heads after we say it. Well, the, the path is uh, called Sabbath. And, um, and before you decide... That isn't a very exciting subject to talk about on a Sunday morning. I want to say I totally get that. Um, because, you know, for most of us, uh, it has been something that we have learned to observe along the way. And um, incidentally, my favorite authors on this subject have all learned the hard way that Sabbath is critical, it's necessary, and it's uh, one of the ways that God loves us um, uh, monumentally. So you talk about a path to us. Uh, Sabbath, like all the other spiritual practices, uh, are our response to that. It's like our declaration of availability. Yeah. In this case, it's a little bit larger chunk of time. Yeah. But what I love most about it uh, first of all, um, I'm assuming that uh, there, there, there might be three categories of people here. Those who have never, they maybe have heard the word but haven't entertained the, the subject. It may seem archaic or whatever. Um, those that are aware of it and have bad, a bad taste in their mouth because of legalistic and uh, just kind of restrictionary baggage that has, uh, has accompanied it. Or maybe those who uh, are interested, understanding what it might be, but don't see any possibility hmm. of uh, embracing it and having it play a role in their lives. And let, let, let's do this real fast. Okay. Because we really, we thought about this and we thought we, we would think, you know, we kind of know where everybody's coming from, but I don't really know that we know where everybody's coming from. If, if you just know something about Sabbath or you heard the word Sabbath before or, or it's been a part of your history, whether it's positive or negative, would you just raise your hand for us to let us know, like, you kind of know something about this already? Yeah, so like, um, 
a lot of people. I'm presuming not everybody's had a positive experience about it. Um, so here's what we're going to be doing today, just to give you a heads up. This is a conversation that Tom and I are going to have about Sabbath to help you understand the, the way that God created it and how it could help us find rhythms in our life. But I'm sure as we talk, you're going to have questions. You're going to want answers to something that we don't necessarily have, um, you know, scripted in our notes. And we wanted to give you the opportunity to interrupt our conversation and ask your own question. And so what we've done is we've, we've found our uh, church's phone number has got a way for us to text in. And you can anonymously text in your questions to 913-815-0299. Operators are standing by. I'm supposed to say that legally. Uh, a Heartlander is here to serve you. And um, we would just love it if you have a question, uh, 913-815. If you're online, you're watching this live right here on, on YouTube, you can text in and we might get your question whether you're in Mexico right now. I think I'm supposed to say standard messaging rates may apply. That's a, <laughs> our lawyers told us to say that. Uh, but we would love it for you to, to be able to connect with us and ask a question. And if we don't have a chance to a answer it today, we would love to figure out on Wednesday how to answer your question on our Practicing the Path Facebook Live at noon. And so we'd love for us, no matter where you're coming from and what questions you have, to ask them today so we can have a conversation. So, so Tom, Sabbath, maybe what does it mean and what is the big idea of Sabbath? The big idea uh, to me, uh, first of all, let's locate it. Um, it is... Um, uh, it entered the picture at creation. Okay. So it goes all the way back to page one in our Bibles. And um, uh, as Brad taught um, a few Sundays ago, you know, when, when God created human beings, men and women, it was kind of the pinnacle uh, uh, of creation. But he added one more thing that I think is absolutely stunning. Um, he does this. On the sixth day of biblical creation, he creates men and women. He said, let us make men and women in our image. And so he created them, both male and female, in his image, which means we bear the imprint, we carry the, D the DNA, uh, the very image of God. And so he then blessed what he had created. Um, uh, he, so he created it, people, he blessed people, and then he commanded them to, to, to rule. There was work to be done. But he does an interesting thing on day seven, their first full day of being human beings. Yeah. He orders up a day of rest. In other words, on the seventh day, the Bible said God rested. And so on their first full day, having been blessed, having been uh, uh, commanded to go rule, uh, he says, our starting point is gonna be counterintuitive. And it's gonna be, we're gonna rest and we're gonna spend this day together. And um, uh, in my opinion, God doesn't rest because he's tired here. He rests because he's wanting to demonstrate something, to model something, to teach us something about our lives and how we've been created. We have been created with limitations. And this life that he has created um, um, comes with a rhythm uh, of uh, six days of work and one day of rest. But we start with that rest place. And why I think that's important is I think of this day as this. He wants some serious alone time with us. Uh, why does he want that? I think he wants to remind us regularly of who he is. I think he wants to remind us regularly of who we are. And you know why we need reminding? Because we are more magnificent as his creation than we have any idea. There is a dignity about our soul there is a beauty to our lives that is there because we were created by God and God has put his imprint on us. It's magnificent. And if we dare say, we're all magnificent hmm. because we all bear his image. And you know, so I look at John and Nanette and you, Dan, and, and I, I, I can't know all of God 
unless I know the little slice of himself that he's put in each of you and each of you. That's why our community is so important, that together we experience who God is and we get reminded of who we are. So those are the big things. I think also he wants to show us who and what we have been created to be and to do. There are things we've been created to be, things that we've been created to do. And he wants to teach us who we are, show us what's getting in the way of that so he can remove uh, the obstacles. So it's like a day with God. And for us, he's made himself accessible through Jesus. And through Jesus, we have access to his Holy Spirit. So. You, you've said a lot already. I hope you're taking notes. You know, I'm, I've already had one conversation with Tom to make sure that I could ask him key questions about this, but there's things that he's saying right now that I'm taking down myself and going to remember, <laughs> and I encourage you to do the same. Uh, it's just a good part of learning. But um, Tom, you said so much there, um, <clears throat> particularly the fact that Sabbath allows us to maybe flip the script that we've talked about in our own lives of how we were created. And I think one of the things that stands out to me about what you said, I'm so used to, you know, and maybe most of us, we work for the weekend, right? I mean, as much as we're in church, we don't want to admit that. Uh, we work so that we can make it to Saturday and Sunday. We, we get the paycheck so that we can go play and we can go do these things and we can uh, enjoy our life on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and that's a very work so you can play. I even teach my kids this saying, we work hard so we can play hard. Anybody have a parent who told them that? Like, you're going to work hard so you can play hard. But what you're saying is that God actually designed this in such a way where he worked hard so that we, on our first day with him, could play, could rest. And, and so what God has done is, is actually a message of reverse. It's rest and work. And, and that rest part, I think, is something that I could hear Monday Dan really freaking out about. Because as, as m tomorrow's going to hit, the week's going to hit, I'm going to be back in the cycle of working, 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 working. And for me to be reminded that I'm, I'm, I should be working from a place of rest, not you know, working so that I could rest, is a real big paradigm shift for me. You, you mentioned that God and Jesus has been working this uh, out for us. And so this is not just an Old Testament, you know, Genesis idea. Sometimes in the church, we like to take ideas from the Old Testament and discard them because the New Testament seems to have changed them. But you, you brought up Jesus and saying that in Christ, in, in Jesus's work through, through life, we relate to God now um, still in this paradigm of work and rest. Where does that pop up in the New Testament? How would you kind of share, share us with us in a, in a picture of what that looks like? Um, I would use a literal picture that we've prepared and um, it's, it's all about our attachment uh, with Jesus. If we could throw that up there, I just want to read this verse. Um, John 15, 5. And if you ever want to dip into uh, a beautiful description of our relationship with God and his activity in our lives, boy, this is it. Um, uh, he says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So um, I want us to look at that. The, uh, this is a tree and a trunk. Same, uh, same descriptor here, though. If you can look at the intersection of the branches with the trunk, the source of its life, that's a picture of what he invites us uh, to, to do and to be. You know, we don't control the nutrients uh, coming to us. Only God delivers those. Uh, we don't produce the fruit or the leaves. We, we can't grunt and groan and become like the most beautiful uh, tree ever or produce the most luscious fruit ever. Uh, all, all our part in this is, is to stay attached. Hmm. We attend to that intersection of the vine and the branch. He's the vine, we're the branches. And he just, his invitation is stay attached and together 
will do incredible things. So it's this idea that Sabbath rest, this, this intentional chunk of time that we could give back to God is, this, yeah. is for us to pay attention to that intersection. I love that phrase that, you, that you've given, to pay attention to where my life intersects with God and give him space to draw out the nutrients from him and draw the power. And, the, and, and if we're talking about tran- branches and trees, it's life force, right? right? I mean, this is a, a bios, a biological thing for us that we get our rhythm from him. Yeah. And that's such a powerful, powerful metaphor. Well, the beauty of it is it delivers such life. I mean, when the pressure's off, if we think to ourselves, all I really have to do is be the best branch ever. <laughs> that's all I have to do. It's not to be the best branch ever. I have to stay. And then I respond to what he's doing in me and stuff grows. And, uh, and it's just amazing. But my part is really very little. Um, it's significant, but it's God who does the heavy lifting. And I have to, may I digress for a second? I bet this conversation, Dan, takes you right back to March the 28th, 1990. <laughs> Doesn't that to you all too? <laughs> takes me uh, right back there. So I was four. But you lived in Chicago. Yeah. And you were no doubt a Chicago Bulls fan. Through and through. Okay. Watched all six championships. On that night, Michael Jordan scored 69 points. Yeah, of course. I mean, we all knew that, obviously. In a a 117 to 113 overtime win against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But where am I going with this? Well. There was this rookie by the name of Stacy King. Yeah, of course. Everybody knows Stacy King. <laughs> From yeah. the University of Oklahoma. They threw him in right at the end of the game, and he sank a single free throw. And the Bulls won in overtime. So at the press conference of this monumental evening where MJ had scored 69 points, Stacy interrupted the throng of reporters that were crowded around Michael Jordan, and he busts through, puts his arm around Michael Jordan, and says, you know, I will always remember this night as the night Michael Jordan and I combined for 70 points. <laughs> my, my point is, our part is important. It's staying attached. It's our one point. Yeah. God's part is like everything else. He's the 69 points. And together, we combine for some absolutely beautiful, uh, beautiful things. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, thank you. That actually makes me feel more like I'm at home with the Stacey King, Michael Jordan reference. So I appreciate that. And I, I get the idea that um, this resting, this intentionality of us attending to that intersection, this, you know, my one thing that I can do amongst God's million of things that he's doing is really important. But I still got to say, Tom, I've got, let's just talk about me for a moment. I've got kids and a wife and a house and a job and a community of people that I'm learning to love and grow with and all of these things that when we walk out of here, it's Labor Day weekend, but there's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, Tuesday, I'm going to enter the office one day behind because I'm going to rest tomorrow. And that, truth be told, kind of freaks me out. Yeah. That idea of giving up a day to progress in the things that I'm responsible for. I mean, what, what am I missing here? If I'm, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, coach my son's baseball team, love my wife really well, serve in the church. I don't have time to do all the things I'm supposed to do, let alone I don't have time to not do the things that I'm supposed to do. Right. What am I missing? Uh, The most counterintuitive response to that is for all those reasons, um, you need to be in this. I'm speaking to you, Dan. Yeah, thank you. You just need to be in this this place of um, um, kind of... Um, intentionalizing what you can get. Listen, life is complex. Uh, It's difficult. Uh, The pace at which we live our lives uh, 
um, has been described uh, by one kind of contemporary um, writer, uh, contemplative, his name's Thomas Merton. It's the, 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 how we go about life in contemporary America, it's, it's like a particular kind of violence hmm. that we do to our soul. In other words, um, overwork is a professional virtue right. in our culture. Right. We, um, we don't, we can't afford and we don't give ourselves permission to, uh, 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 to lighten it up. So I, I most appreciate, there was a man by the name of Michael Frost who wrote this little book called Surprise the World. And he talked about prayer, he talked about Sabbath, he talked about rest without using any of those words. And I so appreciate the accessibility of this. He said, you know, can you start trying to find a chunk of time that you can give Jesus every day? And then maybe one day a week, can you find a little larger chunk of time that you can start giving him? And just let that be a starting point. And uh, I love that. And he didn't call it prayer. He called it listening. And he didn't call it necessarily rest. He called it living so we can be fully alive. Mm. And that's the spirit of the Sabbath. The Sabbath question is, what will make you most fully alive? You see, the word Sabbath means to cease, to stop. But it also means to delight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if I can read just a, yeah, a little excerpt. Um, this is one of the books that I'm recommending. Um, um, and um, a couple of things I want to point out. Uh, the author, uh, John Mark Comer, we've, we will have these for you. Um, it says, you know, the, the Sabbath concept has been largely forgotten by our communities, the church, as we have uncritically kind of mimicked the behavior of the culture around us. We live at, we're at, their, at its pace. We value what it values. We strive for what it promises. And uh, we experience the emptiness of what it delivers. But uh, um, we mimic these rhythms of this success-oriented life. Nothing wrong with success, but the result is sometimes our road-weary, exhausted Christians and communities um, have largely failed to understand or even been given a starting point how we integrate Sabbath uh, into our lives, into the thought of Christian discipleship. And he goes on to say, and this is beautiful, it's not that we don't love God. It's just we don't know how to sit with God anymore. We don't know how to be still. We don't know how to be quiet. We don't know how to be silent. And from my journey with that, um, silence and being alone absolutely scared me to death. It was frightening. I avoided it. And I made sure that the pace of my, time, my life uh, may, uh, never allowed me time to do that. What I was afraid of is a whole other story, but I think, I think um, we don't know often how to define ourselves without some level of productivity about something. And um, we don't know if we stop and listen if God is actually going to say something. And we don't really want to confront the things that we'd really not, rather not think about in our own lives. So, so we don't stop. My encouragement would be to take a chunk of time, um, start where we are, not where we're not, and... Um, what do you mean by that? I mean, start I mean, where you are. Dan, as you, as you described your life, um, find a couple of slivers of time that are available to you, um, and then um, start there. It might be, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop. I'm just gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be alone. And I'm just going to do that for 10 minutes. And then I might do it again uh, later in the day for 10 minutes. And then little longer chunks of time, you might, um, 
add in a little Bible reading or whatever you want to do. You might actually want to journal or pray, but it's just um, start where you are. That's what I mean. Hmm. So um, often we, we, um, we think, um, um, you know, we bite off too big of a chunk. Um, and so the idea is, can we get some early successes just with carving out some stop time? And can we pay attention to the God who is already there? So prayer, I found, it's not about our um, attempt to get God's attention uh, because he's already there. Prayer is more about his attempt to get our attention. And if we'll just stop and open ourselves to whatever he might want to do, um, he'll do it. We may or may not understand what that is. But without creating space to build this relationship with Jesus, um, we, we won't discover that. So let me ask a Baby really, a, really a question that I feel scared asking in front of so many people watching. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it's kind of personal. But um, what does it say about me that the idea of stopping and being alone, I, I honestly think I'd just be bored. Like it would just be a boring experience for me. Like what does that say about me as a person? I don't think it says anything about you as a, as a person. I think it says something about all of us that have just not been shown how to do this uh, in incremental steps. Huh. You know, I've had the beauty of friends around me. My best friend, Glenn, he's here today. He's like a PhD in this kind of stuff. And I've been surrounded by, by people who observe the Sabbath and um, their lives are richer because of it. Um, uh, their relationships are, and, and all of us around them benefit. We're surrounded by many men and women in our workspace here that do this really, really well. And so the idea is if you grab a book like this, it would be to journey towards something together with other people. So I think, now, you may be like me. There may be things in your life that you have not attended to that, um, uh, um, that you're avoiding. That might be a reason you don't slow down. Can I ask you to be a little transparent, too? Sure. Because I just told you I'm afraid of this being boring. Um, what would an example of that be? Like, as you get into these rhythms of stopping and this moment of silence and you know, having a day alone with God, what does that look like for you when that pops up? I'm putting you on the spot, man. <laughs> I'm just wondering how honest you want me to be. <laughs> this is Heartland. Yeah. Honesty and Heartland start with the same letter. So, we're, we're, I don't know, is that our slogan these days? I don't know, we're super honest. <laughs> well, I had this pattern in my relationships that I, hel I held everybody at an arm's length. Huh, yeah. And because I was afraid if they really knew who I was, that they wouldn't want me, wouldn't like me, wouldn't choose me. You know the drill. Right. Some of you. Hopefully you don't. But yeah, I think, we, I think we're with you, yeah. So, so the, the, th the thing of it is, is I, I carried that into my relationship with God. And I love the thought of intimacy with Christ. I love the thought of, of closeness with uh, uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I learned about the Father's heart, and I was just, and I used to love to, to think about it and teach about it, but what I realized at one point, I was teaching from a place of longing, hmm. not a place of experience. And it was like, what the heck? And so I had to realize that I was experiencing this uh, what uh, Henry Cloud, a uh, uh, therapist hero of mine, calls the need-fear dilemma. And, and it, it simply suggests that sometimes the things that we need the most, we fear the greatest. And to me, it was this relational intimacy. My friend Chris Haben, uh, another therapist hero of mine, uh, gives this visual. Um, 
we, we want people to pursue us, to know us, to be known and to know, but we, we stop them at arm's length because we can't bear that. So the thought of stopping with God, oh my gosh, if I thought I sucked to begin with, <laughs> what is God? I mean, He's God, you know. How bad is it really? And so in the chapter of John 15, there's this part of that where he prunes branches so that fruit can be maximized, okay? I always took that pruning as a, a, that might be a punitive thought. You know, it's like, okay, I stop and slow down and come near to God and and remain in Him and abide and rest. Is it going to be a trip to the woodshed? Or what am I going to hear, you know? Pruning for you is a trip to the ER, so. um. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Like this, right? Sorry, that was for another yeah. day. I just had a thing. Um, that was a really cheap shot. Can I recall it? But it was a really great yeah. moment, so I just had to take it. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Remind me of my wife. She, <laughs> she take these beautiful moments. No, I mean, she is witty and incredibly, but she picks these moments, and they just crack me up. You know, it's like, okay, where was I on this beautiful So, night? So you were saying, and sorry to derail no, this. No, I loved it. It's my sarcastic nature. You were saying that sometimes we can feel like we're coming to God in like, yeah. this moment of stopping and finally leaning in, and he's going to hack us. It's when I learned the true nature of what pruning was yeah. that I just I became a huge fan of yeah. it. Because here's what I learned that it was. If I came near to him, excuse me. Yeah, that's okay. He had a vastly different conversation in mind that I was antici- than I was anticipating. Wow. It's like, it's like prayer. You know, sometimes it's hard to pray. If prayer is a conversation of our relationship with God, unless we get the context of the relationship, our conversation, who knows what it'll be. But if we know that that conversation is between a father, a God who created us and loves us, and we are his children, his sons and daughters, and it's the safest place on earth to bring our rawest and realest self before him, where he says, hey, I'm far too real for you to bring anything but your real self to me, and I love you. That's an entirely different conversation. The Sabbath... Being quiet, silence is the same way. Hmm. I was anticipating something other than what I received. And what it was, was a reminder of who God is. I'm the God who created all that you experience and see. I'm also the God who created you. And what I created, uh, I call good. But when it comes to to you folks that I created, I call it very good. And I have placed in you a dignity in your soul because you were made by my hands. You carry my, my imprint. We're related. You remind me of me a little bit. And, and then I learned that he wanted me to know who I had created, who he had created me to be. Hmm. And he goes, I, I have dreams for your life because I know what I had in mind when I thought you up, when in my artistry I created you, and now in my love I'm going to call you into becoming everything that I created you to be. But I got, you, you, you don't have a clue what that is or who you are. And there also are some things getting in the way of you becoming that. And with your permission, I would like to start a conversation about removing some of those things. Behaviors, attitudes, patterns, whatever. My addictions, unhelpful relationships. Let's just, you know what? I am so committed to you becoming who I've created you to be. 
I want to clear away the debris. I want to clear away the roadblocks. Wasn't ready. for his uh, voice of correction to be so tender. So what I want you to hear, you to hear, all of us, is, um, is he's for you. And he made you. And he thinks you're awesome. And that just isn't me saying that. It's me knowing that it's true because I believe what God says. So I had to get over that fear. And then there were some serious identity adjustments that needed to be made about how I view myself. I, I look at it this way, Dan. I had to go through two major healings after becoming a follower of Jesus. I had to have my image of God healed. And then I had to have my image of myself healed. And he helped me with both of those. And it was in the context with giving just a little bit larger and larger chunks of time. And I can be as inconsistent with that as the day is long, but it's staying in the conversation. It's staying in the, in the, in the, in the endeavor. It's, it's like, you know, King David in the Bible, he was a man after God's own heart. And I don't see that word after like a noun. I see it as a verb. It's like he was after it. It's just after it. That's so good, Tom. Um, I feel like we applaud after that no. this moment. And I just want to say thank you just for bringing wisdom and your own experience and being vulnerable with us. And, that's so helpful, inspiring. I'm thinking through so many ways, as I'm sure you are, and you at home as well, are thinking through ways in which you maybe have pretended that if you were to take a moment to face God, it would be um, a very harsh reality. And yet, how good and how much, how consistent, like the the um, the God of the Bible revealed in yeah. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, right? That He, out of His love, He moves for yeah. us. And so, just your your own experience validating what we already know to be true about God and, and confronting our fears in the midst of it is so powerful. And, and therefore, yeah. the, uh, I, I was able to adopt this view. Um, um, Sabbath is an entire day set aside to follow God's example of stopping and delighting, to delight in the world uh, in our lives, in the world, and above all, to delight in God himself. If you're new to the Sabbath, a question to give shape to your practice is this. What could I do for 24 hours that would fill my soul with a deep, throbbing joy? That would make me spontaneously combust with wonder, awe, gratitude, and praise. That is not what I thought the Sabbath was, but it is. What would it that would make us spontaneously combust with wonder, awe, gratitude, and praise? The Sabbath was made for us. Yeah. So Jesus says that in Mark chapter yeah. 2, he, he turns the Sabbath on its head and says, we don't exist just to pause, but the Sabbath exists for us to be in relationship with God. Um, let's put this on the ground here. Uh, let's make sure that we, we help people. We've got questions flooding in, and I don't know if we can put that um, text number as we've uh, shared with you now, some baseline thoughts. You've got some questions. Be, feel free to text in uh, the number on the screen right there. Um, I'm pulling up a couple. I've already picked one that we're going to ask in a second. Yeah. But um, Tom, I've always thought the Sabbath was a day to just stay in bed and just rest and just take a nap. <laughs> um, but what you're pulling out from what John Mark Comer has written, what even our understanding of the Sabbath, as we look at the Bible, looks like it's a day of rest, but also of delight. Um, you asked me before this, you know, Dan, if you could spend one day doing anything that would bring you closer to God, what would it be? Um, and I said, spending a day on my boat with my kids at the lake, 
is just, I mean, I grew up kind of in that environment and really enjoyed water skiing and tubing and all that stuff. And to think that you're giving me permission to enjoy God by enjoying his creation and setting aside time for my soul to be filled, yeah. that sounds too good to be true. Am I getting it wrong? Or, or, or is there a different way for me to approach the Sabbath? Like, what is that? Let's put it on the ground here. How does that play out? Um, I, I don't think you're getting it wrong at all. In fact, I think the day in bed uh, could also be uh, a use of that day. I mean, let's face it. Uh, the pace of our lives and this violence that it inflicts on us, um, uh, imagine its impact on our mind. Uh, it numbs us. It takes away creativity. It takes away uh, in our body, you know, one more cold. And uh, in a season where our uh, immune systems are more important than ever, mm. we got to be careful with, um, 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 with, with our lives. We have to um, take custody of our own souls and care for, for them. Um, but to your point, if we don't bring our rested wisdom, our rested creativity um, to our lives and the, the, the people around us, then, um, then what I notice is that I just kind of dabble in sloppy, quick, desperate, quick fixes. And what I've learned um, is that in the soil of every quick fix is the seed of the next problem. Oh, that's so true. You know? And so we need to stop. We need to rest. We need to acknowledge that we've been created uh, with a DNA that is designed for this 6-1 rhythm. So whatever gives you joy, and absolutely, it's about rest and it's about worship. Whatever causes you to come near to, to God? Is it, is it uh, the scriptures? Is it listening to worship music? Uh, there's that devotional aspect. But uh, it's uh, the, the Sabbath as rest and worship and also Sabbath as resistance. We are declaring our availability to God and we are declaring our unavailability to the world. Well, we've got a question that's going to get to the heart of that. I've, gotcha. I, I've counted it five times that it's come in from different people. Thank you all for sending us questions and asking and being so engaged. Um, I think, Tom, you're helping us hit on a nerve of our souls here. And, and the, if I can just summarize the question, um, it's simply this. I've got a couple of kids that they're younger and they're in um, sports. And on the weekend, it's, uh, it's common for our family to be at sporting event after sporting event after sporting event. And so how, how do I practice a Sabbath? This is the question. How do I practice a Sabbath with my kids when they're so busy and I have responsibilities to them and my free time is given over to them? What do we do as a family? How could we, you know, honor the Sabbath that way? Um, uh, I, would, I would come at it, <clears throat> and I, I have to acknowledge everyone's life is different in uh, the complexity of life for young families uh, today uh, is not something we dealt with as much, but I would come at it from two directions. Uh, number one, the, the starting where you are, not where you're not. Find little slices of time um, where, uh, where you can begin just a quiet dialogue with God. If, is it a soccer practice? Can you maybe take a moment to take a, a a walk around the field just by yourself hmm. and just say, thank you for this day. Thank you for my kids. I just love um, how you've made them and thanks that we... Yeah. It, little, can you take advantage of what's already there and find a chunk of time and do something with it? And uh, I, would, uh, I would, you know, as a person, as a couple, whatever your situation is, I would take a look at your schedules. And the time is there, I believe. They may be small chunks, but the time is there. Um, I, I, I've heard it said that everything we do in life falls into one of two categories. The things that are required of us and the things that we choose. And it's the choose column that I would take a hard look at. Because uh, finding slices of time that are available and the types of activities that can fit into those um, 
is one way. The other way is you may have to take a hard look at your schedule. And you may have to uh, um, kind of take a look in the mirror at, at, at the pace that you are living your own life at. You may have to make adjustments, some edits on commitments, on um, you know, meeting every need, taking advantage of every opportunity. Um, um, it's, it's just uh, not good for us. So I think there's take advantage of what there is and, um, and edit, perhaps, um, um, what is already there. Pace, priorities, and prayer. If your pace is crazy, look at what you're prioritizing. Make sure they're in sync with uh, what God has put in your heart and how to live your life. And then, um, and then find the prayer spaces. Tom, this brings us, I think it's so helpful and so freeing. It gives us permission to be able to enter into Sabbath without you know, having to tell our kids, you know, God hates you because you're playing soccer. <laughs> That's not the point at all. It's somewhere between yeah. five, this five-sport kid and the yeah. one-sport, you know. Um, there is life. You know, the abundant life is not the frenetic life. Right. It's not the exhausted life. It's not the I'm sick all the time life. The abundance means goodness. And as long as the balance in our lives is delivering goodness... Um, then that's good. Yeah. That brings us to maybe the last question that we're at our time today. And I think this is going to tee us up really nicely. Um, someone texted in, um, does it have to be a whole day um, or can I take a chunk of it? We've kind of been using this phrase, right. chunk of time. Yeah. But um, talk a little bit about uh, a day with Jesus and what we're planning as just an exercise for all of us to try this out and, and what that's right. going to look like. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. No, it does not have to be uh, a whole day. Um, I think it's to start where you are and not where you're not. Um, it, it's really interesting. The Jewish Sabbath was from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Uh, the Christian Sabbath uh, is on Sunday, and it starts with worship in the morning and, you know, hopefully a day, you know, dedicated to God. You know, I am actually old enough to remember a day, Dan, where nothing was open on Sundays. I mean, the culture literally propped up this day. Nothing was open. So you worshiped and you hung out with God was the intent. But uh, life is different today and we've got to fight for those times. So I would say um, um, Sabbath is both a day, it's a chunk of time, and it's kind of a mindset of way of life um, that we're moving toward recalibrating toward uh, our lives being organized uh, around God and his desires for us. So, um, uh, Monday was the day that uh, I had slotted out. I'm, uh, I'm currently trying to make that shift to Friday. Um, but there is, uh, there's a big difference between a day off for us and taking a day off for God. And, and I try and do day off stuff, and then I try and do Sabbath stuff on that other one. But... Um, there's no rule, there's no rhyme, there's no reason. But I'll tell you what, if you become a little bit proficient at these chunks of time, it will start messing with you. That's what we're all afraid of. <laughs> I'm talking in the best of ways. You are going to touch some life that you didn't realize was out there. And those chunks of time are going to be a little more desirous. They're going to be a little more anticipated. And the editing on the other side, on the uh, choices, um, uh, is going to become a little more, uh, it's going to become a little easier. So we've actually picked a date coming up here in October, yeah. October um, 1st or October 2nd. We're offering yeah. at different moments. Yeah, here, here's an opportunity. Uh, we're just calling it a day with Jesus. And uh, if you would like to kind of dip your big toe into the waters of what would it do like to uh, take a little bigger chunk of time, what we've done is we've offered a, a, a nine to noon slot on a Friday morning, October the 1st, and a Saturday morning, October the 2nd. And so what we're going to do, it'll be a virtual experience, although you will choose the own environment, your own environment that you choose to do this in. 
We'll come together, we'll set up the morning uh, with a little bit of instruction. You will receive materials that will walk you through a two-hour block of time from, um, you know, 9.30 to 11.30. And then we will regather at 11.30 to process and to pray. And then whatever you do with the rest of your day, practice doing something that brings you life. Go to the lake. Take your kids out on the boat. Yeah. Well, if I can zoom from my paddleboard, I might be joining that way. You can zoom from anywhere you want. In fact, uh, I know of a person who's planning on zooming from her paddleboard. That doesn't surprise yeah. me. That's so you go to a park, maybe it's your cozy little corner in your house, watch out for your house, a lot of distractions there. Um, but find a place where you can be comfortable and comfortably alone. Uh, the idea is some silence, some uh, distraction-free uh, dynamic, and then uh, we will incrementally uh, put in your hands things that will walk you through uh, those two hours. So um, I, I am really, really excited. I think a lot of us are. And if you'd like to dabble uh, for one experience in that, we'd love to have you join us. Tom, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom you today and for talking and walking us through this pathway to God through Sabbath. Can we just thank Tom for just his investment and for what he's doing? And I hope um, this is a conversation that has uh, engaged your mind and your heart to really dig deeper and, and to come closer to God uh, through that. As always, we'd love to hear how God is pushing you and your walk with him. And you can email us here at our staff or you can uh, get a hold of us through social media. Um, for, for that, we'd love to invite you back on Wednesday at noon uh, for Practicing the Path. This is a live stream that uh, Pastor Brad Herndon has been helping us uh, understand and put this on the ground a little bit deeper. And there's been amazing conversations. Um, but Harlan, go be rested in God's delight over you. We'll see you next week.